Are you looking for a sexy and smelling good candle that is going to set the mood for romance? Well, you've come to the right place because we here at Romance and Color recommend you Glow Girl Candle Company. The candles are amazing. They're eco-friendly, made from coconut soy wax and free of toxins and parabens. They come in amazing, sexy smells like pineapple sage and black raspberry and vanilla that are sure to get you in a sexy and romantic mood. Black woman owned and based out of LA, You Glow Girl Candle Company is the move to set the mood right. Visit them at You Glow Girl Candle Co. Dot com and tell them Romance and Color sent you. Now back to the show. Hi, everybody. Hi, guys. Welcome to another week of Romance and Color. Yes, yes, yes. We are your faithful and dutiful hosts, Yakini and Tatiana. I'm Tatiana, obviously. That was Yakini. What's wrong with me? They better know our voices by now. Yeah, they should <laughs> know kidding. our voices by now, seriously. But we hope you all had a great um, weekend, had a wonderful, if you celebrated Easter and Passover, um, had a wonderful Easter and Passover. I know Ramadan is upon us, so Eid Mubarak to those who are going to celebrate Ramadan soon. Um, so, uh-huh. um, yeah, let's, let's, let's. Let's get it started. How was your uh, weekend, your birthday weekend? Somebody had a birthday weekend. (laughs) Birthday weekend. Birthday weekend was wonderful. Um, I chilled. It was family time. It was indulging in all the crab legs I could eat. I know that's right. The boys presented me with lovely cards. I treated myself to this like spa kind of non-invasive massage tightening, Mm. skin tightening procedure called skin tight. Mm. And it's like three sessions. So I did one of three. It was something I've been wanting to do for a while, but it's a little pricey. It's supposed to like tighten up, like, you know, like skin, as you get older, you lose the collagen in your skin, use the, lose the elasticity. Mm -hmm. Mm. So I did that. And so that was fun. And so, yeah. yeah. And next weekend I'll continue the festivities a little bit. There's a couple Mm. more things planned. So yeah, it was good. How How was your week? It was good. Um, First week um, of being 42. <laughs> I, I know, right? Um, still trying to settle into that. Mm-hmm, and then, mm-hmm. um, you know, had a, had some Easter activities, you know, did some things with my family, had, you know, dinner. My mm-hmm. husband treated us to brunch. So it was very really nice. nice. Yeah. It was really nice. So, Is church um, um, in service um, in Atlanta or you guys oh, still like doing vir- virtual we did services? virtual services. Okay. And then mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. churches did church in the parking lots. Nice, uh, nice. Like mm-hmm. the big, you know, the big churches, like the New Births and yes, World yes. Changes. If y'all know those churches, those huge churches here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, first, first, um, Christian, all these huge churches. They mm-hmm. did church in the parking lot. I okay. did virtual church. My church was virtual, so I got up in the morning cool. and I watched the virtual services and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So, which is really, really nice. So I yeah, enjoyed that. they make it nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So last week. Um, in the episode, I think I called it Call Me By My Right Name. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. talked about um, Little Nas X and just supporting our LGBT youth and just sending love and light to him and those <clears throat> in the community who don't feel supported and loved. Mm-hmm. And how, I felt um, really good about that podcast. I, I hope it too. reached someone. I hope I it did reached too. someone. I, I really did. When I listened back to it, I just felt like I felt really good about, you know, the work that we're doing and stuff. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm and, sorry, I, I interrupted you. So go absolutely. ahead. Absolutely, keep going. And so, I mean, I I did too. You can, I mean, I felt really good about that. Um, like I said, we are a, definitely a LGBT plus positive place here. We're an inclusive place mm-hmm. um, here on the podcast, and we talk about the like I said, the intersectionality of race and gender and romance and love issues and who you love is just as important about as important as what you love and what you like to do so I mean um you know a lot of words and stuff I talk about particularly when I talk about reading romance some of those things are going to be LGBT focused and stuff like that so um you know again our podcast is is an inclusive place so Mm -hmm, we mm want to talk about those um subjects that are are really important to us and incidentally my over the weekend my youngest son who's 10 and you know both my children are on tiktok because i'm not one of those parents who shows them from social media i am okay with them being on certain social media sites and you know i kind of monitor it but anyway he's on tiktok and had said while we were eating uh breakfast as i told you my birthday breakfast that i had to cook but anyway As we were eating the breakfast, birthday breakfast feast I prepared, he was kind of like, yeah, you know, mom, I have a question. I On TikTok, people were saying that, you know, Lil Nas X is going to hell because of blah, 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 blah. And he made this video and say, so I was just so glad that he had asked me that and that that came up. So mm-hmm. it just kind of mm-hmm. really opened up a really great discussion where we talked about, I kind of gave him like the age appropriate version of what we talked about in the podcast right. last week and just talked about this whole notion of heaven and hell and what does it mean and when people say that are they pulling this from the bible because it's what you know is what is it what god wants for someone to be punished for who they love or is this right. something that people are kind of leaning on the bible to kind of mm-hmm. push their own agenda and how they feel and their homophobia mm-hmm. and you know I, I kind of said it like i said in an age appropriate way but you know right. i think by the end i'd opened his eyes and we've always been that kind of household that's able to talk openly about those things. And, Mm. you know, I'm really trying to raise these boys to be as just loving and accepting of people, you know, as they can. So I'm glad when these things come up that he asked me instead of kind of just seeing a TikTok and kind of internalizing it and us not having a discussion. So I I hope our kids continue to be curious and ask us so that we do have Mm. those opportunities to educate them. So yeah, that, that was cool. That was yeah. great. That was great. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. glad you brought that up. To you. Me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We also talked about in our hot topics, we talked about Summer Walker had watching her baby girl. We mm-hmm. talked about NAACP Image Awards, um, the follow up madness with CBS and the talk, and people's <laughs> sexiest bald headed man, which we were very angry about. Oh, that. gosh. You know what? I brought it up to Jay, who is a ball man. <laughs> what did he and he say? was like, excuse me, he said, he said, even if they're gonna pick somebody who's not black, I mean Bruce Willis is out there. Exactly. Like, exactly. exactly. There are He's other like, options. He said, What about St-? you know Law and Order um came back? He was like, What about Stabler? I was like, Exactly. Oh gosh. There are just so, so many so others. Many, so many others. Yes. And yeah. in reading romance, um, I talked about if she says yes by Tasha Harrison. And Sweet Hand by Angie Peltier, who was featured on our podcast. In Watching Romance, um, I talked about Concrete Cowboy, which I can talk about a little later, but it was uh, so good with Idris Elba. 
Oh my mm. God. Please watch it. Please watch it. It's just such a it, it's gonna get you. It, where is that? Is that on Netflix? Netflix, yes. Concrete Cowboy. I probably saw it and went by because it didn't. Okay, so I'm gonna check it out. Okay. Idris Elba, it has Caleb McLaughlin in it from Stranger Things. When I say it, it just it just hits you in the feels. Like y'all, y'all need to watch it. Um, and then I talked about one perfect wedding on Hallmark. It was in eh, in. Eh. I mean, okay. mm-hmm. nothing to write home about. Nothing to write home about. And okay. then um, Mahalia on Lifetime, which is pretty good. It's pretty decent. Um, I will say it wasn't as good as the Clark sisters. Um, okay. I saw it and I almost watched it, but then I said, nah. like it just didn't. I wasn't, yeah, I didn't feel moved to watch fabulous it. Fabulous actress, a beautiful singer. Um, but something about the script was a little lacking for me. Okay. Something, Something in there, it, something wasn't cohesive. Something in there was. That's kind lacking. of how that um the Billy Holiday movie was. Like I yes, wanted to love it so yes, bad, and it had yes. its strong parts, but something about the whole movie just didn't flow and together. gel right. Mm-hmm. It didn't come together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's that way. Yeah. Yeah. And then in listening to romance, uh, we talked about. Uh, I brought up Luke James's blow. Mm-hmm. So um, hope y'all enjoyed um those things from last week. So Yakini, mm-hmm. what's hot in the hot topics in romance streets? Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> what's happening in the hot topic romance streets? Well, just to kind of, since we talked about Lil Nas X last week on the podcast, just wanted to kind of circle back, you know, because of course the song, which started it all, all the conversation, you know, Montero, Call Me By My Name, or actually Call Me By Your Name, um, it actually reached number one on the billboards um, this past week. So, you know, that's a huge accomplishment for Lil Nas X. He's very proud of that. And, you know, he put up an Instagram post where he's just kind of reflecting on his journey. And I was just going to read a little bit about that. Um, So it says Billboard Hot 100, number one, Montero, Mm. call me by your name. He said, um, just last year, I was sitting in my apartment thinking it was all over for me. I was trying so hard Mm. to be perfect, to please everyone and not make any enemies. That stifled me creatively. I felt so sorry for myself. But around this time in 2020, I pulled it together. Me, he named a few friends, Omar Roy. We worked for months on end. One day in June, I was working on a song and I found myself leaving the studio every 10 minutes to cry. He was trying to hide it. I didn't stop working though. A melody came to my mind. Ultimately, it was the song, Call Me By Your Name. Um, And then he said, and now today, it's number one after you guys told me I would never amount to anything, you know, after, you know, his first hit. So, yeah, he was just kind of talking about, you know, how he was just really kind of in a very dark place. The reception after his first song blew up and then people discovered his sexuality. And, you know, he almost gave up. He almost threw in the towel. And it's kind of like life comes full circle when you kind of keep at it, keep pushing and, you know, don't listen to the naysayers. So anyway, I thought that was really cool. Congratulations yes. on having yes. the number one spot. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So that was really I like cool. Shoot. I like the song. Yeah, it's it's growing on me. It's catchy. The visuals of the video, obviously, you know, are catchy. But yeah, it's a good song. Number one is, I'm sure that's a mixture of the controversy surrounding it. People are streaming it because they're curious. And like you said, it's just a good song. It's it's a good song. So mm-hmm. yeah, proud of him. So also in other exciting news, I'm sorry, not exciting. Ooh, I misspoke. In other kind of just, <laughs> <You're> <laughs> definitely not me, exciting. Really? 
I was I saw and I saw Reggae Jean Page and I thought I was talking about him winning the Image Awards, but we talked about that last week. Yeah, but you is. guys may have um since heard la- over the week that you know he will not be returning Ooh, to season two. Yeah, of Bridgerton. And you know, I know when I initially read that, I was like, Oh my god, why? That's horrible. How can the story go on? Da-da-da-da-da. We want to see some appearances. But I, but I know like yeah, you, yes, yeah. yes. I know you had explained that according to the book series, which you know. Mm-hmm this um these these movie or her series is trying to follow that i know you'd mentioned that the story kind of turns to some of the other characters and he's really not a central character anymore um so in a kind of statement i like how they have the statements you know written by lady whistledown i think that's that's so cute yeah but basically she was saying you know we'll still see daphne you know obviously her siblings are at the forefront and that he would be mentioned, but we probably won't see him. And mm-hmm. I was kind of like, oh, well, not even a cameo. But people were kind of explaining, you know, for an actor who's not contracted by the show, as right. much as the fans want to see a cameo here and there, it may be hard for him to, let's say, travel across the country to film for a couple days when he mm-hmm. might be working on other projects. So he put forth a statement, you know, saying how much he had enjoyed his time on the show and how he knew from the beginning that it was going to be a time-limited um, basically job, you know, he mm-hmm. never anticipated how popular his character would be, yep. but he said he feels good about his time on the show. He doesn't have any regrets. He's not sad that he's leaving because he said he always knew it would come to an end. He's so happy about the impact he made. And, you know, he's, he said, who knows what the future holds, but he said for now, there aren't any plans for him to return, not even a cameo. So we can say farewell Ooh, to yeah. Ray Jean Page. And if you need a dose of him, you can always watch Bridgerton season one on Netflix. <laughs> That's what Shonda yeah. Rhimes said. I said, damn it, it's not the same. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, the rumor, the rumor mill is swirling that he's going to be the next James Bond. Oh, he'd be a good James Bond. Yeah, Who was the first, the only other James, black James Bond has been Idris Elba? No, he, he never did. Why did James I think Bond. he was? Why did I think that he had been James Bond? No, he's never been. He's been in like spy movies and junk, but he's never like played what? James Bond. Oh, so they were okay. trying to get interest to do it. Interest like I don't just I just don't want to be the black James Bond. I want to be James Bond. You Got know it. I mean? Got it. Um. So you know they've had they had a character, a woman, be mm-hmm. like the next 007, which is just like okay. a old name for James yeah, Bond. Yeah. But do but, you know but, I've never seen a James Bond movie? Never. Never. It just wasn't my thing. It's like action spot. Like, right? That's Uh, not. But if if he were to do it, I would definitely see it. And if I were going to watch it, I'd probably commit to watching some of the more classic ones Mm -hmm. because I would like to do Mm -hmm. the research first. So, yeah, I would say if if you're going to watch James Bond, start with good old Sean Connery because he's the best James Bond. Okay. You don't think I should start with the original? Start with Sean Connery? That's what I'm saying. Start with Sean Connery. Oh, is he the first in the original? he's He's not the first, but he's the best. Okay. He's the best. And then I would go on to Roger Moore and uh what was the other guy? Timothy Dalton. Oh gosh. And then and um, all these James Bonds. Okay. James, who else was um James Bond? Um Pierce Brosnan. Who made who made who, who made Bond a little more comedic? And then there's Daniel Craig, which I I'm not a fan of Daniel Craig. Okay. But, okay. Um you know, I don't think he's sexy for one. I think you got to be sexy to be James Bond. I think Bond. Bond should be tall, dark, and handsome. Yeah, you know yeah, when, I agree. When Sean Connery was in his prime, he was all of those things. Yes, yes. So, um, you know, it's it's. I don't know. I just don't find him attractive. You know. Yeah. But they're yeah. saying other people are in the mix for James Bond, not just him. 
Um, so, I mean, you know, everybody's kind of pushing, you know, for him to be James Bond, but, you know, James Bond wow. is just a, is, is, is a cult name for a character. He, he doesn't right. necessarily adhere to a race or anything like that. Right, right, right. Okay. So, so yeah, that, yeah, that would be an exciting project. I think a lot of us would be able to get over, get past him not being in Bridgerton mm-hmm. if he, you know, did something like that. Because I, yes, this was Lord. my first time seeing him. I know people were familiar with him from Roots and some other roles, yeah, but yeah. this was my introduction to him. So, yeah, I'm glad yeah. that we will, we will not have seen the last of him. So, that's yeah. cool. You can mm-hmm. watch him in Bridgerton. You can watch him in, uh, he was in What Sylvie's Love over the Christmas holidays. Okay. Um, he was in um like you said roots so i mean he's been in some stuff so. yeah, yeah yeah so keep on acting bro you know keep on working that's always a good thing yes um in yes, yes. more sobering news so obviously you know we had been following the tin tiny saga we hadn't talked about it much on here just because there really hadn't been too many updates they've mm. been pretty quiet as i'm sure their lawyers have advised them to do you can't be out yapping and yipping on social media and stuff <laughs> you know that's just oh, not a good thing no. um and I, I imagine probably in Atlanta, they're probably covering it still. But um, yeah. anyway, so for the first time, they did break their silence, T.I. and Tiny. Um, in just the last couple weeks alone, three new alleged victims have come forward and accused the couple of sexual assault. Um, so even though it's been quiet, oh, the, the, yeah, the accusers are kind of piling up, um, allegedly. So T.I. and Tiny, their lawyer, actually not them, but their lawyer did finally break the silence and come out with a statement. And according to the lawyer, he simply said, the Harrises are still waiting for these accusers to reveal themselves publicly. By continuing to hide behind anonymous allegations, the unnamed accusers effectively render themselves not credible and unworthy of belief. We say, let the light shine on their identities so we can go about disproving these scurrilous accusations. End quote. I don't even know what scurrilous means, but anyway, it sounds like something T.I. would want to say. <laughs> I'm trying to sound all intellectual. Scurrilous. scurrilous anyway. Like, like, kind of gutter. Okay. Like, like unfounded, ridiculous, far-fetched. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's what they said, I guess. You know, there's many reasons why accusers may come out anonymously. Not, you know, with, with one of the probably main reasons being who wants to come out publicly and then people know who you are. And T.I. has a lot of fans. I wouldn't want to be on social media and I say he hurt me and then people are going to blow up my social media and attack me. So I don't know. But anyway, so that was their statement. I kind of feel like that didn't need to be said. But, you know, I guess they're just wanting to kind of put it out there that they do maintain their innocence, that you're innocent, so proven guilty. And then that's their right to maintain that. And you are innocent, so you're proven guilty. So anyway, um, that's that, child. So I guess we'll continue to follow that story and stuff. I'm just, I'm just so from a distance yeah 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 in so the behavior like I'm, yeah. I'm not surprised but I'm yeah just same me too because I really like T.I. as an artist and it's always just kind of disheartening when someone does something and it turns out to be so egregious you have no choice but to cancel them and I'm not saying that's going to be the case with him but you know it's certainly case with the case with someone who was like formerly a favorite artist of mine he who shall not be named but his song his song that was written was on the um versus but you know what i'm saying it's sad when you have to kind of keep your distance from someone but sometimes you got to do what you have to do so we'll see yes. how this plays out yes yes um, but speaking of the verses, so that mm-hmm. that happened yeah on easter and my birthday and that was a treat call, Ooh, that people was a treat it, you were calling it uncle Chella. <laughs> I Uncle Chella. Are you serious? <laughs> That's perfect. Oh, I love 
perfect. Oh my god, it was on Coachella. First of all, it was four hours long, almost. Okay, it start. So it if you have been living under a rock, it we're talking about the versus that is was between the Isley Brothers and Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm-hmm. It started at eight p.m. It ended um, just before twelve p.m. Like eleven something, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I stayed up the whole time, which is late mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, <laughs> but it was just kind of like. Sometimes you can watch it after, but the energy was just so powerful. I couldn't walk yeah, away from yeah. it. And then also sometimes, you know, it's hard to get the full versus. They don't always upload it right away. And mm-hmm. then YouTube videos get taken down for copyright infringement. So I was like, yeah. there's no way I'm not going to watch this thing in its entirety. And then, you know, we all have our favorite Isley Brothers and Earth, Wind and & Fire ballads that I oh, think yes. we may get into a little later listening romance. But I just was we waiting for certain songs and stuff. So Me I was too. between like live tweeting it dancing, singing, oh, it was a whole mood. It was a whole vibe. So I I enjoyed it. Yeah. I was laughing mm-hmm. so hard. Like it was it was it was like a family reunion. You know what yes. I mean? It felt yes. like a family reunion, especially it on did. like black Twitter with quote unquote black Twitter with everybody just kind of kikiing and laughing yeah. about uh, about Steve Harvey talking so much. Oh God! About... All those Steve Harvey comments and impersonations really broke the oh internet after it. Oh God, God that's so funny. Yes, <laughs> so funny. Godfrey and um, uh, and Crockett did one with Spice Adams. I mean, that was so dang. Funny. Oh, he had him down. Yeah, oh, yeah. Was so funny. Uh, back in 1945. Was, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, he had that so accent funny. down. I'm and sure that Steve was also so chuckled mad. when he saw yeah, that. He, I, he, so he, did. he could. I know. I know. So he did. You know, he got a, he got a pretty good suit. Of course, he got a good right. suit. Right. Oh, and my so, God. You know, when they were like, Steve, shut up. You're talking too much. You're making it about yourself. Right. Steve was like, you know damn well. You've been in your uncle's house. You know that we talk. And that was funny that he was following <laughs> so the social funny. media and that he responded to it live. That was I know, really, really that funny. was hilarious. But he did cut out some of the talking the second half, which I didn't mind the talking the first half, but to me, it was much more rewarding when they were able to play more of the song. And there's no other verses where they let them play the whole song. But I think this was just such, these guys are just such legends. It's almost disrespectful to play like a snippet of you know what I mean, mm-hmm. whatever the song is. So mm-hmm. it's like Patty LaBelle and, and Gladys Knight. They right, that's song. another one. That's a yeah. yeah. With legends, you gotta you gotta play the whole song. You gotta play the whole song. Yeah. You no, know? yeah. so it was it was it was really enjoyable. I think the talk of the oh, uh, yes. was Ron Isley and how he was looking like a hundred percent daddy over there. Yes, like, he was. He, he, he was daddy. I don't know. Like, oh girl, that, that gray chinchilla and that gray beard. I was oh, like, child. It was like, funny because he wasn't recognizable out. at first. But then when he took off his hat and stuff, then I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, yeah. that was funny. Because I kept saying, well, where is he? I said, who are these? On earth? <laughs> and then my sister kept saying, no, that's him. I said, no, it's not. I said, that's not him. I argued with her. <laughs> yes, oh, my God. I, that was. Was. I was like, can't nobody sit up there in no damn chinchilla like that. Right, <laughs> that's right, that's right. Oh my god! So I mean, the gray looked amazing on him. The gray did. Beard. It was a good look. It was the a gray, good look. This is our season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was touching to see Steve basically sit up there with two groups that he's obviously loved since Love he was so a boy. Yeah, yeah and yeah. you know, just dreamed about you know singing their songs growing up with the music so yeah that that was really cool i thought i was glad i get it i get, it. I get his enthusiasm because i mean that's what it was he was over exuberant it was he was enthusiastic right, you know mm-hmm. if we were up there with fucking new edition 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. People you grew up with. Those are your people. Yeah. 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 Wanting to hear the stories, wanting to talk and laugh and just kind of go back and stuff. The only thing I felt sorry for was um, they said DJ, his name is DJ Nice, right? Nice. Nice. Yeah. So he didn't be nice. Right. He didn't have a seat. So he basically was on his feet standing for four yes. hours. Four <laughs> hours. Just, uh, the recap on Hot 9-7 by the station in New York and they do their breakdown and they were just like talking about how DJs catch like the hardest breaks because really I don't do. know why they don't give them a stool to kind of just take a, a rest for a minute. But yeah. <laughs> No, it was yeah. really dope. It was really dope. It was one of the most enjoyable verses yeah. that you know I've. I've been... nice was so into it as well. I think he was. Yeah, really, really, I hope really so. Yeah. yeah, he had so much love for them and the catalog. Yeah. And what I liked when they did like the little break was how yes. he, he did like the self. Uh, how many songs have sampled them? Yeah, I mean, hip hop would be nothing. R&B would be nothing without these groups, the foundation of these songs. Yeah. You know, you love party and a party to this ran all through. That's a sample, you know what I mean? Like yeah. all these songs. Yeah. And apparently, we looked me and my husband looked it up. Footsteps in the dark has been sampled 140 times, y'all. That's it was a good day's beat, right? Yes. So think about all them checks these people. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> well, first of all, yes. he could probably have retired alone off of Shout with all them damn commercials yes. and Tide and all that yes. crap. But yes, all of his music and his whole catalog—if they made the right deal back in the day—because you never I know. So. But yeah, so. his his great 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 grandchildren are going to be set off of his music and the samples mm-hmm. and the commercials mm-hmm. and everything. So God bless them all. Yes. And um, yeah, and Ronald Isley is about ten years older than everybody else on the stage. So I was really proud mm-hmm. that he was able to you know kind of hold his own and stand and perform because you know earth wind and fire stood up for every performance and then his brother ernie the guitarist stood up for a lot as well but you saw bond was kind of limited in what he was able to do but when it overtook him he was able to stand up so yeah and and then shout out to i I mean ernie osley who i mean one of the greatest guitar players oh that solo at the end when he had a back and oh yeah yeah, he needs to get his props for that people sometimes overlook the band he is the man who taught Jimi hendrix his thing you know oh, what I didn't mean? know that. Are you serious? This was in a band with the Ozzy Brothers. I know, I know music. I did not know that little factoid. Yeah, in a band with the Ozzy Brothers, and wow. you know, he looked up to Ernie so much, and he taught him a lot. So all that playing behind the back, wow. all that stuff, same thing. You know what I'm saying? That's where he got it from. Same thing. Wow. With, you know, um, I think um, Rick James or whatever. Okay. Okay. James, you know, it's, I think on the periphery involved with them as well too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know. Oh, music, thank you for teaching me that fact. See, I yeah. like stuff like that. I didn't so know. It was that. it was real cool to see like literal yeah. history on the stage. Yeah. Doing yeah. the same thing. You know what I mean? But yes, I think it about is. all the songs that have been sampled by EWF and, and so many, history, uh, so many, so many songs that we would just. Not yeah, have. and a lot of young people have no idea where it came from, but you know that's okay. It's but up I, to us, I think, as parents yeah. to keep exposing yeah. our kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think we're kind of the last of that generation who like was able, we straddled the fence. We were able to get some of the old school and the new school. You know yeah, what I mean? 
Yeah, like, yeah. Like you said, it's up to us to, to teach our kids stuff. We have you know to. I mean? We have to keep that going. That's and, good and not have people like Steve Harvey shitting on hip hop. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, and then I'm like, you don't have to put you don't have to put one down to lift the other. Right, up. right. Yeah. And I'm like, how Ron Isley was like, well, I like the young people. You know, they keep me young. You know, they yeah. You know, they, they keep me. You know, I like to see them dancing and having a good time. So I like young people. You know, yes. he has a 14 year old. So oh, I mean, does he? Oh my gosh, Ron Isley. <laughs> Daddy, what? <laughs> a fourteen-year-old. Oh my yes, God. Yes, he's eighty. I love it. Eighty. <laughs> so, I mean, oh, nonetheless, you're making children. Yes, indeed. So, you know, <laughs> that's funny. He, so he's oh like, my gosh. Like I'm sure his son teaching him. Yeah. Not to mention Ernie Isley's daughter, um, mm-hmm. Alex Isley, is an amazing singer-songwriter. Really? Son. Okay. She's so good, Alex Isley. If y'all look her up, please look her up, Alex Isley. She's amazing. So. Yeah, versus was popping. It was popping. It was. It was. Oh, I can't wait for the next one. I know that um they've partnered with Trilla and Trilla owns them now. So I don't sorry, I don't like how that sounds owns them, but they have partnered with Trilla. So now, you know, that's yeah. like a platform that's similar to um TikTok, but I think it's more centered yeah. around like music and yeah. I forgot what its yeah. focus is. I remember when TikTok they were talking about, you know, when Trump was threatening to shut it down and all his bull crap, I had started looking into similar platforms and mm-hmm. Trilla was one that I joined because it was very similar in terms of the mm-hmm. skits and the music. So yeah, I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be a place where actually you can watch the full full screen HD uh, version if you have a, the Trilla app on your phone. Because like yes. I said, they've taken them down on YouTube and on Instagram. They're not going to post the whole four hours. They may post like an hour and they usually post the end. But I feel like it's well worth it to kind of carve out some time, sit down, watch it. It doesn't have to be at one time unless you have the time. You could yeah. do something with it and just when your songs come on, you take a break and dance. But yeah, try to catch it if you didn't, y'all. If yeah. you're a lover of you know the old school and stuff because it was really good. And grab your, grab your partner and, you know, do some slow dancing. Yes, you know, yes, yes. Because um, mm. we were definitely slow dancing. And yeah. us like we were crazy, but that's okay. Yeah, know? yeah. No, but that's okay. That's what she, yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what that's for. That's what that's for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah. So it was good, y'all. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk more about our favorite songs later in the podcast. Yeah. All right, you guys, we'll take a break and we will be right back with this week's topic. All right, you guys, and we are back. So um, this week, we didn't mention it in our hot topics, um, but Jeannie Mai from The Real, that's right, The Real, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. She got married to Atlanta's own Jeezy, the snowman. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, who recently had a bomb versus himself. But yes, anyway. he really did have a bomb. Against Gucci Mane. Against Gucci Mane, yes. Okay, yes. Anyway. They called that one the Super Bowl. Of, anyway. Yes, it was so good. But anyway, as, as an ATLian, that was my, that was my yes. joint. Yes. So anyway, yes. um, Jeezy had, um, and Jeannie Mai from The Real recently got married. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful pictures, beautiful wedding. Um, it was absolutely stunning. Um, people's feathers were a bit ruffled because yeah. they decided to feature Jeannie, um, who is a Vietnamese descent. Um, she's a person mm-hmm. of color now. She's a Vietnamese descent in mm-hmm. uh, publications such as Black Bride and Munaluchi Bride online and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And people mm-hmm. like, why is she being featured just because she's marrying someone black? She's not black. Uh, particularly yeah. because we don't get enough 
visibility as black women getting married. They say we don't get married. So, I mean, mm -hmm, we don't mm -hmm. get a lot of visibility as black women getting right, married. Right. But I think people want to feature her on those platforms because of her proximity in marriage to Jeezy and he is black. And I think that put a bad taste in people's mouths because it's kind of like, okay, so she married a black man, but at what point does that kind of make you a black woman? Because it doesn't. It does kind of like when Kim, when Kim Kardashian married Kanye, they would not have put her on the cover of Black Ride or inside the pages of Black Ride. That would have just been kind of really not appropriate. So I think a lot of people were kind of like, why on earth would they feature her? Not only because she's not a Black woman, but because... Jeannie Mai, you guys may or may not know, but she historically has kind of a history of, historically has a history, but <laughs> she has a history of kind of making some very problematic statements about um, Black men. So mm. if you guys watch The Real, I used to watch it for the first couple years, and then I stopped watching it shortly after Tamar left the show because it just kind of changed to me at that point. But yeah. I definitely remember, you know, she was always married to her, her first husband. I think his name is Freddie, a white guy. Yeah. Um, I never got energy from her that they were like super duper in love, but you know, it was what it was mm -hmm. at the time. But yeah, she always would kind of make statements. The the other actually co-host would kind of rib her in a playful way because I guess she was notorious for dating black men up mm -hmm. until marrying Freddie. So they were kind of like, how the heck did you end up marrying Freddie when you know that you, when you, you always say that you love black men and you love black rappers and athletes and she just loves to date them and so there's one particular clip that went viral a year or so back where basically Jeannie Mai was kind of like well I mean I do love black men but I love them to basically have fun with them not to marry them and if you could have seen the reaction mm. on her co-host face obviously yes. Tamar is very outspoken Ooh, and Lenny Love what's her name Lonnie Love is outspoken but she tries to be comedic and not too serious. Thank God this wasn't when Amanda Seals was here. She would have probably shredded her pieces. But <laughs> the more diplomatic, she would have read her for filth and bad. But the more mm -hmm. diplomatic ones like um, Tamara Mori and um, Adrian Bailon, they, you know, they tend to be more diplomatic. But you could even see they visibly recoiled. And yeah. Jeannie Mai kind of went on. She saw their reactions. And so she kind of doubled down on it. But in, in a, just a really ignorant way and just kind yeah. of went, well, you know, like a black man is like, you know, kind of like the side dish, the dessert and, you know, the dinner, the, a white man is kind of, they, they're what make me feel fulfilled. So I would have fun with a black man, but you know, a white man is what makes me happy. And then she tried to say, well, my husband, Freddie, who happens to be a white man, he's who makes me happy. And so Tamar and them were like, so you're saying the black men is this black? Anyway, so that happened. I honestly don't remember her. Aside from her trying to do a cleanup job on the show, that was kind of the extent of how I saw. She didn't really say much after that. And so that was kind of my impressions of her. So when I discovered that her and Jeezy were dating basically a year or so ago, I was never kind of excited about it. I mean, I a lot of people are like... I, I assumed it was because, you know, a lot Jeannie. of black men, mm -hmm. I thought it was a phase for Jeannie because she has said that that's kind of what she does for fun. Mm -hmm. And as far as Jeezy, I just figured he's an entertainer. You know, a lot of black celebrities, when they reach that status, unfortunately, they also have their, they have their fetishy thing where they like to, um, you know, have their quote, exotic looking woman, whether it's yeah. an exotic biracial looking woman or straight Asian or whatever. So I was just kind of yeah. like, He's having his fun too. So, you know, lo and behold,
they popped up married and now she's on the cover of Black Bride or whatever it is. <laughs> and so I guess I don't know. I guess it just kind of leaves me the transition. Black Bride. It's like my thing is Jeannie is not only it's not about her not being a black woman. If he, that's who he chose to, to be with, that, that's right. who he fell in love with. Right. I think it's more like she's not even an ally to the community. She's not even yeah. an ally. And it's not like yeah. every every interracial celebrity couple, it's not going to be the most woke, non-black person that you can get. I mean, it would be nice Absolutely. if we'll talk a little bit more about Serena Williams and her husband and how I kind of respect his process of becoming mm-hmm. more kind of informed and woke and, and mm-hmm. quote, doing the work to get to that place. So everyone mm-hmm. is not going to be that. But, you know, I feel like she's super problematic. But I felt the same way about Tamara Mori's husband. He's, a you know, a very um, conservative Fox News correspondent, as Adam Housley. And he's also notorious for making some very problematic statements about Black yeah. people yeah, and Black really. Lives Matter. And, you know, she that's who she fell in love with. That's who she married. And he's a very kind of conservative, problematic man. So mm-hmm. it's not to say that those problematic people aren't in interracial relationships. But I guess at what point, you know, are they are they willing to do the work? Could you see yourself being in Because I know you and I have talked about kind of an openness. And it, what would it be like to, you know, be with someone who's Asian or non-Black just to kind of, you know, be, be open to everything. But I know for me, it would be important for me for that person to... Um, to kind of understand at least some of kind of our plight or at least be willing to learn. Um, and, and we kind of refer to it as doing the work. That's mm-hmm. important. Um, and I, yeah. I wonder if Jeannie has done anything since those statements because would, that, would, that video is circulating again now that she's I mean, yeah, I would hope so, particularly with Jeezy, who's so who's been so involved politically here in Atlanta. And she's so vocal um, as well, yeah. especially with the new Asian hate crimes and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. She's a, she's a, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. she's vocal in Atlanta, you were saying? No, 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 Jeezy has been vocal Oh, I thought here. you said, yeah, I said, Oh, oh my God! No, no, Wait, oh, how is he? How is he vocal in in terms well, of what? Well, you know, when 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 Rashad Brooks um was killed here okay. in Atlanta, um, you know, it swept the summer. It was terrible, y'all. We we still recovering from that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you know, when that happened, you know, he and Ti and Killer Mike and a lot of other rappers who are quote unquote um woke and doing the work, um were you know out here protesting out here raising funds for the family out here you know make using their platforms to talk about police brutality and and the over policing of our neighborhoods and stuff like that mm-hmm. um you know with this whole and, and and not to not to jump off subjects but to kind of talk about this um this asian this asian hate yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's it's terrible. And I think I mentioned that last podcast. Yes, yeah, we did. But yeah. we also, again, we also had need to recognize anti-blackness within the Asian community as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that I think Jeannie has struggled with. It, yeah. You know, there's pervasive anti-blackness in, 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 in the Asian community, mostly because this whole idea of this modern minority myth has hurt them too. Um, yeah. So, you know, for them to, you know, white patriarchy, you know, touches his hands on everybody, you know, and and, and puts kind of black people at the bottom of every totem yeah. pole socially yeah. for everyone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, I think she's, I hope with, with somebody like Jeezy who's politically aware that she's working through that 
and I believe yeah. I believe Gigi has children as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I would hope that's happening too. And my thing is, if it's happening behind the scenes, that's fine. But you were so vocal about your other opinions. Maybe you should kind of let us into that process a little bit so that we can know kind of what's happening. I had referenced Serena Williams' husband earlier, Alexis. I, I, I don't know how to say his name. Ohanian? Ohanian. 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 But yeah, he's pretty vocal about kind of some things he's done to, you know, support the Black community. Obviously, he's one of the founders of Reddit. Um, you'll recall in 2020, um, he did step down from the board of Reddit. Um, that was actually, he, he founded it in 2005. And then in 2020, he stepped down because he said that he wanted to make room for black voices. He said, it's overdue. You know, he said, I need to do this for me. I need to do it for my family, you know, Serena and his daughter. And I need to do it for my country. When you have a white dominated board, it is yeah. what's making all the decisions. You're not going to have executive yeah. members who are of color when everyone's white. So he said he's stepping down to kind of make room. He said that's how, you know, having diverse views on any board is important. And he said that that's mm -hmm. something that he felt was the right thing to do. So he kind of does things um, so that we're kind of, we know where he is with things. Um, mm -hmm. He recently did, you guys probably read recently that him and Serena did an interview um, because people kind of look at them as couple goals, which quote, I always put that in quotes because there's no that. such thing as couple goals, right? Every time couple goals, it's like something really bad happens and you're like, oh, they weren't goals. <laughs> well, done. nobody's goals. Exactly. Nobody, some of my favorite couples, I won't even utter couples goals out of my mouth. I think that just mm -mm. jinxes things. You know, I love me some Russell and Sierra. I'm not calling them goals because nope. behind the scenes, they have their problems just like me and you do. But anyway, mm -hmm. so in the interview that happens, I think March 31st, um, the interviewer had referred to them as couples goals and Serena like very quickly corrected her and was just like, it ain't all gravy, baby. She didn't say it like <laughs> that, but she was basically like marriage is not all great all the time. She was like, in fact, it's, mm -hmm. it's very hard. Like it's very hard. It's a challenge every day. But she said, when you love somebody and when you're in love with them, doing the work is worth it to make it work. Mm -hmm. But she was mm -hmm. like, it's certainly not easy. And he also spoke up and said, you know, and particularly when you're in an interracial relationship that brings on top of just the regular male, female, or male, male, female, female dyad, whatever relationship problems, right, right. when you are in a interracial relationship, it adds another layer of com complexity, you know, where mm -hmm. you, especially when you have biracial children in the relationship, you know, he said right. the onus is on us. He said it's on me, really, you know, as a white man to do the work to make sure that I can kind of be there for my family, support them and her in the way that she needs to be supported and kind of understand her experience, you know, in a way that I just never had to before. Right. Um, so he talked about what it means, you know, for him, the secret to his marriage. Um, and he said, quote, I think if you were to ask my wife or many other people in relationships, it's often the simpler things that are the most important. You have to show up, he said. Mm -hmm. You have to show up. You have to be supportive. These are the things that mattered. And when he says show up, you know, for example, you will remember after um, recently Serena, I think last year, lost that championship. And yeah. remember that old racist uh, former com uh, player, commentator, mm -hmm. I forgot what yeah. country he was from, but he yeah. made some really ugly comments about how much weight she'd gained and how she should have retired, you know, already. And he just kind of really went in on Serena. And then, like, Alexis, her husband, like, took to his Twitter and really kind of read that man for filth and was kind of like, it was like a mixture of, like, a petty read and a really, like, just good quality 
read where he basically broke it down. It was just like, how dare you? You know, you don't have any Grand Slam victories. And basically mm-hmm. called his direct quote, he called him a racist and sexist clown. And he said, mm-hmm. it's 2021 and there's no holding back when a racist, sexist clown with a platform comes for my family. So right. he's very kind of notorious for, for that kind of thing. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that Jeannie has to be as vocal as that, you know, but I would like to know kind of how she's learned and grown from that experience on the real because that was that was that's hard to look at even today. Um, and, just yeah, to hear I'm, our black men yeah. kind of um, minimized and reduced to basically just being a piece of meat for your entertainment. I just thought that was so whack. And so many, so many, and then on the flip side, so many of black men's idea of masculinity is wrapped up in their virility. You yes. know what I mean? And wrapped up in their yes, ideas, that whole men go and yes, sexualized. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I would hate that, that he's playing that he would be playing into it, and knowing that you know that's all she sees him as. I, yeah. I pray to God yeah. that it's not that way. You know, we're just making you know conjecture here, but yeah, I mean yeah. speculation. But I mean. Her track record just is not good. It's, it's not, not good. good, especially just the way that she used to kind of very cavalierly talk about her dealings with black men in the past. And perhaps it started that way. You know, obviously she ended a relationship with Freddie and she that was hard for her. She was very vulnerable about that on the real. And I think we can all relate to that. You know, a first oh, husband yeah. didn't end well. It was painful. So I don't know. I mean, Jeannie, not Jeannie, Je- the fact that their names are Jeannie and Jeezy. Anyway, <laughs> Jeezy could have started off for her as kind of a rebound, good time. And I believe that she probably fell in love with him and he her, but that's not enough. Do you know what I mean? If she plans to have children at some point, her children are not going to look like her. So she has to remember that. Sometimes people forget you're going to have black children, basically. Um, And you need to understand a little bit more in a way that you never have before. Why it's problematic to now refer to a black man as he was just fun. He was just something to do. Mm -hmm. And just all the other problematic things that she said, they don't come to mind off top, but I'm sure I could do a Google search. Um, I won't though. But (laughs) yeah, I guess this is just why I just never was excited about their news and then they kind of quietly got married and all of a sudden these beautiful pictures are out and her gown was beautiful and she's on the cover of of black i would almost have rather seen kim kardashian on the cover of black bride yeah, like if that. i'm being dead ass you know what i'm saying i mean i don't want to see either of them on there but you're gonna put Jeannie Mai on there you might as well put kim k and who else i'm just saying like Jeannie Mai had no business being on there so oh child <laughs> Kim's never come up with any kind of statements like Jeannie and Kim is less a person of color because Armenians are are just white people Um, they have olive tone in their skin but they're they're white people a lot of people like to say that they're not but they are but I'm just saying since we just throwing anybody on Black Bride my lord my lord so anywho but anyway um, I I just I don't know I mean I'm you know, black women and Asian men are the least likely to get picked on dating apps. We've talked about this yeah. many, many, many times due to the feminization of Asian men, the masculization of black women. And yeah. it's just like, you know, it, it's crazy. It's just like, I don't understand how, you know, people want to date me because of a fetish. Yeah. I, I've never, I've never, I've never been in an interracial relationship. I yeah. have gone out with 
um, people who are not black. Yeah. Uh, and some of them. And did like, it feel like it was a genuine connection on their part or did it feel like it was a curiosity and a kind of, you know, let me try this out type of thing? Well, one of them. Okay. So <laughs> one guy, I felt like, I felt like a zoo animal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was kind of observing me. I don't know. I don't. I don't know a wow. better way to put that. Was um, your what, hair in locks at that point, or was this yeah, back before yeah, that? Or locks. so you were the whole package, beautiful, <laughs> exotic looking, honey. You have like European features on your face, but you have brown skin and locks <laughs> and a bit, you know, curvy. Woo, child, you fulfilled all his kind of. So go ahead. I bet he was looking at you, like a more like a, um, a circus, not like a gazelle, yeah, but like yeah, circus, like you're fascinated. Yeah, I felt, yeah. I felt like a like a circus sideshow or something like that. Yeah, you know, wow. and, you know, I was very curious about him because at the that this particular person was a person who studied a lot of black. They had a PhD. They studied a lot of black yeah. things, and I was like, "Why are you interested in this as a white person?" And they got mm-hmm. so mad at me for asking that. Really? I would think that's a good conversation starter, not to be defensive, but because some of my um, favorite professors in college who talked about like the black experience and were so knowledgeable and learned, I could tell that they had been like, you know, hippies and fought the good fight in the 70s. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They still had like that hippie look. Mm-hmm. So I could see they kind of were on the ground with the people fighting probably in the riots. So right. it made sense that they were later professors for the right. movement. So yeah, I'm surprised that he would have gotten defensive at that as opposed to kind of really just using it as an opportunity to talk about it with you. I thought the date was going terribly um and then you know um and then and then another thing was he was very like racial how can I put this you know how people always say somebody white is like spicy white because of how they look you know what I mean yeah they try to make themselves look a little more ethnic ethnic Uh Uh that's the only way I can describe it but he looked a little tried to make himself look a little more ethnic even when his intonation words and stuff oh, like oh that. i don't like that see and my so thing is it, if i'm gonna date a white boy i don't want to date white girl. boy i don't want to date exactly. chet hanks i don't want to <laughs> date um who else you know justin bieber back in his day maybe a today justin bieber because he's more himself but yeah. i don't want to date that i'm with you because i like you not because if i want a black man i'll date a black man you know no, so yeah i don't want i don't want to be with you because you're white pretending to be black yeah be you you know, and then people say, "Well, I grew up around black people." Hey, that what does that mean? That doesn't mean right. you talk like that That's and get true. the buzz cut and all that stuff yeah, to try to look like, like it's a Caesar. You know, they say white men with the buzz cuts are black women's whores. I saw it on TikTok, y'all. Don't blame me for that. Don't. Oh don't my gosh. But I saw it on TikTok. Oh God. But, uh, for me, that it, it just felt wrong. Yeah. And then, and then I thought the date was going terribly. And then the end, he's like, well, let's go out again. I'm like, uh, no, no thanks. Oh, gosh. Then another time I was in grad school and I was in North Carolina where there was a lot of interracial dating going on. And, um, you know, a guy was interested in me and I was just kind of like, you know, I, I didn't, what, what the thing was, they weren't really, the times I've been out with white guys, they never really blatantly said, came out and said, you know, I like you, you know, I, I yeah. like you together, let's you know, you know, whatever. It would just be later on in a conversation. So what's up? You know, let's I'm like what? Like what why? I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was just really weird. Yeah. And the last time I had an interaction with somebody who was not um 
who was white was not black. But mind you, when I go on, when I went on dating sites, remember when we had a period of going on dating sites? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. So I, I never, I never matched with anybody who was Asian or Hispanic or Indian. Mm-hmm. Even though I think all of them are fine as hell. Yeah. But I never got matched with those people. And in Atlanta, I think people kind of segregate themselves a lot. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So um, I was matched with somebody white, and he was a good-looking dude, fine as hell, funny, smart everything and then he told me he told me well you know i can never be committed to you because i'm a swinger oh god lord and have mercy really myself to one woman so you know you would okay, I have to well that, you know um well you know i was like well at the time i was like yeah no that's not for me you know no. yeah yeah you know, who knows what i would think in my 40s but right now back then i was like nah i don't yeah like, yeah at that anything. time you needed something yeah. traditional that was where you were yeah. mm-hmm. that's where my mind was so you know oh, again gosh. wanting to be sexual play things and things of that nature was not yeah where my mind was you know yeah no yeah, it's a lot of work to me to enter and so you can't enter into an interracial relationship lightly and I, I've never number one I'm not attracted to men really who are non-black but if I were like I just don't even know that to me is worth it because like mm-hmm. Serena and Alexa said in their interview like relationships are hard period like mm-hmm. without introducing that additional element I've mm-hmm. never dated a white man or anyone who was kind of I guess how do you say officially not black but I feel like I kind of did I think I've talked before about um, my ex who was from Trinidad and he was like the type of Trinidad, I guess they call themselves Cooley or whatever. So mm-hmm. he was just like a blend of, you know, his family looked Indian yep. and they were like a blend of Indian, Asian, and I don't yeah. know, Africa, I don't know. Yeah. Black, but he, he kind of didn't really look it, but I thought he was, I met him on black planet and I was like, Oh, Trinidad. Okay. But so, you know, Oh gosh, it was just so hard dating him. Like, he was also from Long Island. So just like, just culturally, we were at opposite <laughs> yeah. ends. Like he was just like, I, aside from like having brown in his skin and he actually referred to himself as black, like he considered himself black, but just his experiences were not my experiences. Mm. And it just was too much sometimes having to educate him and butting heads with him on things. And I think I've told the story on here before how he had asked me to pick out, help pick out a doll for his sister-in-law's daughter. It was like his brother, you know, who's Trinidad, married to a Haitian woman, who's like a regular black woman, Haitian woman, and their children look black, are black. And, um, you know, he asked me to pick it out. So I remember I was like in the toy aisle looking at the black dolls, the Barbies, because there weren't, you know, it was a fair selection. And he walked up and I, I was, he was like, oh, you're not done yet. And I was just like, no, I'm trying to find the right one. He was like, why don't you just get this one? And he picked up some brands and whites on. I was like, no, I'm looking at, you know, these here. And he like low key kind of like got hustle and was like, why do you, why does it have to be a black doll? Like, why do you always have to make it racial or something like, or, you know, he was like, why do you always have to be racist? And I, my head spun so fast to look at him like, excuse me. Cause we had, when he asked me, it was a child. He, we hadn't even talked about what doll I should get, but he knew I collected Barbies. So he mm-hmm. was in his section doing his thing and he kind of like trust, oh, you just go pick out a doll. And you know, I'm black and I've always grown up with black dolls. So it wasn't right. even, and then right. I, I met the children are black. They don't look biracial. They're just black girls. And so I'm picking out a doll that looks like her because that's what she needs. And when he said that, it, I didn't even have the strength to go into yeah. him understanding why a little brown girl like me needs a brown doll. And then there were just other things like that. I remember he had the nerve to like argue me down about 
it was something about something that came up with slavery and he said something like well the holocaust was was just as bad or worse and i looked at him like what because you know that's an age-old argument that jewish people and black people have had that i never i would never get into that argument with them because that's not the right thing to compare those experiences you know what i'm saying yeah. And, and and I understand like people who the, the folks who went through the Holocaust and their ancestors, they feel strongly about what their experience was. And obviously we've had our experience of slavery and that's what that well, that's what it was. So I wouldn't dare get into that conversation with a white person. But you a black person looking me in my eyes talking about the Holocaust was worse. And I'm like, who are, like, Bro, in my head, I, was, I knew the relationship was over. Colonialism. I do not understand. I was <laughs> right. I was like, I can't ever raise, I'm from a family of my dad used to sit down with us and show us that black book where the first page was that man in the fire pit. You know what I'm saying? That yeah, picture yeah. that yeah. every household so shows, you know, that. we grew yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I grew up with a father who was a sociologist and wrote books about the African-American experience and a mom who's a historian. So I'm like, I'm not going to be with nobody who's talking about that kind of stuff. So even though he was, he considered himself black, I understand, I realized that he didn't grow up as like an African-American male or you don't have to just be African-American, but he didn't grow up with my experiences and he was just kind of very naive, but to the point where he was like far to the right. And I was just like, oh my God, I know it's probably, there's probably so many white men who are much more woke than him, yep, but it yep. just put such a bad taste in my mouth. I was like, oh my God. Cause there's, like I said, relationships are hard enough. I don't want to have to explain to you certain things about black people and why this little girl needs this doll and why it's not appropriate to be talking about the heart. Like really, it just was yeah. like, who are you and who am I like why am I here that right there seemed like a cultural divide there there was a huge cultural divide yeah but yeah I have have a Caribbean husband and some things particularly with older the older generation they just are not as woke as young the younger folks well that's yeah that's that different generation absolutely and thank god I have a husband who is not like Oh, you Americans, this, you Americans, that he has never, ever, ever, ever. Oh, ever my God, yeah. I can't so, even imagine know. Jay doing that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. And I think those things come out in that dating process, like it did with this guy. Because then you know you need to run far, far away. Because yes, you can't yes. raise children with being on two separate islands. And I don't mean like <laughs> physical islands, but you know, two mentalities, islands, two different yeah. values. Yeah. That's yeah. just not going to work. It's yeah. not because that's gonna cause problems. So yeah, but, I ran far away. So, but I feel oh, like child. I feel like when we're talking about interracial dating, let's say I dated into. I mean, I've talked to some guys and been very much attracted to guys mm-hmm. who are not black. Let's say they were um, Asian or like Korean or mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Indian, Pakistani, whatever, whatever. I feel like we share so much more. Um, commonalities cultural nuances that were mm-hmm. shared across being a person of color that we could just talk about openly freely and relate yeah you know yeah. What i mean I, I mean i just think about friends just just male yes friends, you know that we're able to just talk about things culturally and stuff yeah like that, you know that and that's what it's about it's how you I, connect I with the person somebody white and I, but you know again you got to do the dang work if you're going to be in these relationships, like I see stuff, like there's like this, especially online on social media and stuff, there's this fetishization of interracial couples that I find very, very disturbing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. 
like when you go on YouTube and you see those quote unquote family YouTube blogs, the ones that have the most viewership or the most ratings, just a straight up black family is not going to get views. Yeah. But if you have a white man and a black woman, they're going to yeah. get some views. You know what I mean? What um, do you think that's about? Because I, mean, I know, and you're talking serious. about the family, the fetishization of the family. I can yeah. see if you were saying like of the child, because we know how that people too. love that biracial girl that look and too. how she's the that one who's going to get the commercial. But it's that interesting too. that you're identifying that people love that family unit. And I wonder yeah, what that, like that's the, about. I think they like the family unit because it's sort of taboo. Mm-hmm. And they want to see how people operate in those. Okay. And they want they to see what the kids look like. You know what I mean? Yeah. What yeah. the yeah. kids going to look like? What are, are they going to be cute? You know, fascination, yeah. Fascination with, you know, oh, they're so cute because they're mixed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't see some mixed people and they ain't cute. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So just because they're mixed doesn't automatically mean that they're absolutely. You know oh, to I mean? some people it might though, but I agree. Yeah, it might, but you know, for for me it does not mean that. It, so, it doesn't. But, yeah. If, you know, you know, if it's a white all white family, particularly if they're like Mormon or something like that, they are gonna get the views. If they're if it's an all black family. All Hispanic family, they're not gonna get the views. Yeah, yeah. They're not gonna get the views on social media like a, a biracial family would. Yeah, you know? I agree with that one hundred percent. I was just wondering what if we break it down psychologically what that means, but I agree. Yeah, I think it's just like I said, a fetishization of the kids, uh, uh, the taboo idea of the relationship, and then they don't. And then what's crazy is they get on here, they have these platforms, and they don't do the work of talking about race. They it's almost like they're colorblind, like it doesn't exist. I never hear that. these issues come up. Like every now and then, yeah, like but... I have like several friends who are in these kind of multiracial families and they'll definitely come on there and make strong statements about like, you know, if George Floyd happened and Sandra Bland, they'll they'll support Black Lives Matter and stuff. But um, I never really kind of hear or see their white husbands kind of with, with their stance. And I'd just be curious, like my... um. My son's best friend is biracial. He actually looks more white, but, you know, his mom is black and the dad is white. And I often wonder when I go to their house for, like, for play dates, like, where his stand is on things. Because he's kind of, like, this neutral figure. And I just wonder, how how do you raise black men? Like, Because he's not, like, he's, like, a regular kind of conservative black. I just am curious. It's, I don't, I don't know. know. I would like to see more, yeah. I thought about you were talking about conservatives. There's this very strange phenomenon of very weirdly conservative white men. What's well, yeah. not a strange phenomenon? It's just a new phenomenon brought to light. Okay, old mm-hmm. phenomenon brought to light of of these conservative white men who have black partners and black babies. Like those men who stormed the Capitol. Yeah, several of them have black, <laughs> black wives. Yes, girl, it was on the news. Several of them have black wives and black. I, I think to myself, these women must be on some Candace Owens shit. Because I yeah. can't imagine. I think so, maybe, yeah. I, I, you, what kind of self-hate yeah. do you have in yourself to partner with somebody so goddamn hateful? Yeah. Like, I understand. Somebody and that's why hateful. I'm just like, I hope that Jeannie's done the work privately. Because I just yeah. can't see Jeezy. You talk about how he's really doing a lot of things in the community and how stuff. he's not a naive yeah. man. He's not a stupid man. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, I don't think would have just married a woman who's a racist so i'm sure that she behind closed doors is 
not what we maybe perceive her to be. Maybe she's someone who just has foot and mouth syndrome and is, was stupid and ditzy and I just said so. some dumb things and just needs to kind of really show us that that's not where her heart is. Because I, I think that's so. what people want to know. And I, I don't think it's where her heart is, but she just needs to watch her mouth. and and just because i can't like you said those those men married to those women they'll probably are like candace owens type but i don't i don't know it's it's baffling to me it's baffling to me yeah this is the full disclaimer on this whole discussion we're not against interracial relationships we Mm -hmm. want people to fall in love love who you love there are couples Mm -hmm. out here again who have done the work i think about I, i talk about love is blind how cameron and lauren met and they actually have the discussion and they talk and they do the work. And if you go to their YouTube channel, they're talking about those things. You know and what that's I mean? what I was going to say. I think we use this term, do the work. I wonder what does that look like and what does that mean? Because there might be someone listening who's kind of like, well, I'm involved with this person and I, I'm a white person or I'm a non-black person. How do I do the work without kind of, you know, because sometimes people think they're doing the work, but they're doing something and it fits into our community. Maybe there's like a white mom of a biracial child and she does an Instagram post and she's cornrowing the child's hair and makes a statement and people are like, oh, that's not, you know, or she cornrowed her own hair to match her daughter and suddenly she's trending because now everyone's angry at her. So some people are confused. What does it mean? So maybe we can talk about that. Doing the work is one, not performative. It's not getting on here making posts for views and likes number Mm -hmm. one it's not performative like i remember i saw a video of a white lady with her kids talking about oh hell black women oh thank you black women i'm like girl stop oh gosh right right it didn't feel genuine and yeah that is cringy like Mm -hmm. stop 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 that's so ashy just yeah (laughs) doing the work is one not performative two Mm -hmm. it's it's she tried it (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes Two, it's private. You need to be doing it on your own. And three, doing the work also means not burdening someone of color to educate you. Doing the Mm -hmm. work is out there. It's Google is free, Mm y'all. It's free. mm -hmm. Google is free. You know, I hate when people are like, well, can you point me in the no bitch? Google is Mm -hmm. free. Mm -hmm. It's there. Mm -hmm. It's a resource. So is your local library. Mm-hmm. If you live in a major city, you probably have an HBCU. Go in, in the South. Go to those resources and do and do your own resource and do yeah. your work. Being mm-hmm. being in these relationships with black people and, and being it, 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 my main thing is just don't be performative. Like you yeah. don't have to get up here and make it a show and an act for like, oh look at me, look what I'm doing. I'm so woke. I'm so this. Look, I yeah. got a black partner and I, I grease her scalp and corn roll her hair. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I, you know, and I, you know, and I read her Maya Angelou before bed or whatever the fuck. Like, right. I mean, you don't have to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and then the other thing is it's this. not these superficial acts that you're posting on Instagram it's actually stepping down from your position on the board to make room for a person of color and I don't mean to kind of keep idealizing it yes. yes. Alexis certainly isn't perfect but it's kind of like putting your money where your mouth well, putting please. your mouth where your money is you know whatever the expression goes yeah. it's kind of really like taking action and not just talking about it yeah that's what we respect I guess another you you all know that I'm a romance writer and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and a lot of I remember doing um 
writing my novels particularly focus on relationship between black people whether they be heterosexual or, or not this relationship between people who are black or people of color right and i remember i was i was sending a manuscript to a friend to read and they said something like well why are these people in here black don't you think you, if you would sell more if you made the protagonist white wow or maybe who said that white. nobody we know but okay it, okay but, yeah um, you know, you know, if you made the man, the particularly the man white and the woman black, it would sell because that's what sells. Like mm. the people who are quote unquote on these lists of, of black romances, most of the time don't have a black. The, the two characters are not black. One of mm-hmm. them is white, and it's also very problematic because in these romances, some of these people are my favorite writers out here i'm not gonna name no name yeah yeah um, but you know because i need to save face in the community if i want to get <laughs> yeah yeah of course yeah yeah but, you know um some of these people are the faces of, of quote-unquote black romance and not having no damn black romance and they're putting they're putting white men particularly on a pedestal like they're the prince charming here to save you Mm. The only, only black woman who is dark or this or fat or this or that mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm. outside of the, the the norms of societal beauty and here's this white man here to save you and nowhere in these books are they talking about race yeah it's just yeah. oh he happens to be white and oh my god he loves me y'all ain't <sighs> had no discussion in these books a real book will have a discussion about okay so what's gonna happen when i bring you home to my racist ass grandma yeah yeah yeah, yeah. not to be a downer on the book because the book is uh, well it's supposed to have a happily ever after but somewhere in there particularly if it's supposed to be it's just not real first, yeah right and it's supposed to be the character's first interracial relationship there needs to be a discussion yeah of, guess who's coming to dinner grandma exactly. yeah how'd that go how'd that work out for so, me? you know this kind of stuff this stuff we're talking about this doing the work it, it goes across the board in relationships yeah. in media and you know all this stuff i don't watch mixed dish but you know yeah i never had an interest really it. but yeah yeah some other show that it kind of you know is very lighthearted about some some issues that need to be a little more serious and of course some things do need to have, have a lighthearted uh, approach to it um but you know it's just, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. Like we say, you can't, you can't sugarcoat and, and pussyfoot around these things, particularly if you feel like you, if you love someone, yeah, and you love them, you need to make an effort to get to know the real them and yeah, and walk, walk a mile in their shoes and see how they feel being a black woman, a black man, a, a trans woman, whatever, yeah. Whatever you know, uh, uh, if they're a black trans woman, whatever it is, yeah. you know, all these other intersection, intersectional identities, you know, that people have, you know, it's, you know, if they're, if your partner is from the quote unquote majority, which is, that's probably going to change in the next 20 yeah. years, but yeah, yeah, majority, but you know, that's something that you all need to discuss and, and have serious conversations. Yeah. Well, I think that's helpful because I think a lot of people are kind of like this whole doing the work. What does it look like? What does it mean? Mm -hmm. How can I do the work without Mm -hmm. overstepping or being inappropriate or being superficial? Like, how Mm -hmm. can I really kind of 
understand. And I think it's also an open conversation with your partner, you know. It is. Um, if your partner's interested, like I think Stacey Dash and her, all her husbands, and they're mostly white. I don't know if she's ever been with a black man. I don't know that she cares that they do the work. And I'm just, I don't know her. I'm generalizing. But she might be okay with just kind of it being very superficial. And let's just be colorblind and we just love each other. We don't see color. I mean, maybe some people are that way, but you know, but if you're also, a person who's also been recently very, very remorseful about her trying marriage. to come back and get our acceptance. Well, mm-hmm. I'm curious to hear what she is. I heard that as well. And you know, this is coming from someone who used to love Stacey Dash, but I'm so turned off from her past decade and a half. So, you know, I, I'm, I always will welcome someone back, but you know, I'd be curious to know what work she has done. So, yeah, because yeah, she yeah. was like a really loud, gung ho Trump mega Fox <laughs> News correspondent and everything yeah. else. So she went all the way right. Get coin. I think that, to get that's back. a lot to get coin. I guess so. <laughs> I guess, lot. and I love me some Stacy as Dion and in mm-hmm. um living, not living single, single ladies, but who mm-hmm. child? Yeah. Oh yeah. gosh. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so we, we, hope, we hope you guys have taken away something from this relationship. Yeah. Well, this uh, discussion of relationships. And for those of you who are in interracial relationships, talk to us on our social media. Tell us how you and your partner are doing the work that's not yeah. if you're doing yeah. if you're doing work, um, you know, as far as you know, how are you all talking about race? How are you bringing up these issues, particularly with romance? How are you, you know, kind of having these kind of gender racial dynamics in your relationship that mm-hmm. don't you know, overstep or hurt the other person you know how are you able to navigate those spaces and still love somebody mm-hmm. I what people say me too because again like on tv i feel like a lot of shows don't show it i think i don't know if you said that you watch um all american but that's about like one of the families is a biracial family it's tate diggs and his wife and um you know his wife is white obviously tate diggs is black and their two children their twins are are you know biracial kids but you don't really see the white. it's almost like the the most the biracial piece doesn't exist so mm-hmm. i don't know it's just kind of I don't know. It's strange. It's, I don't know. Like there's, I think I talked in that there was an episode where the son, remember the boys were arrested driving the yeah, car yeah, and yeah. the the black guy was shocked that Tay Diggs had never talked to his son about that. So mm. I guess in a way that is addressing it because Tay did want to kind of, he'd made a certain amount of money. He did. He left his old neighborhood Crenshaw living in Beverly Hills with his family. He did want to pretend like that all didn't exist. Yes. Um, mm. And I guess him and his yeah, wife just kind of, Mm-hmm. yeah yeah just because they have a different zip code and the kids look a certain way and that was like the harsh re- and sobering reality that he's still a black man and he's still you need to teach him and educate him so mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of intentional that maybe they don't talk about it and we don't see any work being done and I think that might be a thing that comes up later so I think I answered my own question but yeah I, I would like to see I would love to hear from folks involved in these you know relationships kind of how how, how the work happens and how, how one can do it and what does, yeah. what, does, what, does, what were their expectations going in? Like? Yeah, in a positive way. What does it truly yeah. look like? Yeah, way? yeah, yeah. I think that that would be really helpful. It'd help educate me mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, who this was still heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was. Yeah. But I think it was something we could, we were definitely on people's minds right now, particularly with Jenny, the controversy yeah. swirling around Jenny and I. So, yeah. yeah. Jeannie so we're and Jeezy. Mm-hmm. Jeannie and Jeezy. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Anywho. <laughs> they do it more than kissing, child. I tell yes, you that. Yes, indeed. Oh, Lord. But anyway, you guys, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with our watching romance, reading romance, and a very special listening uh, to romance segment. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. And we are back. And so, um, Watching romance, um, I think I mentioned Concrete Cowboy last week. It was so good, y'all. Please watch that. Um, is it a rom- is it a romance story or a bit of romance in it? But it's really about a father son and their relationship. Okay, okay. But um, I, your boys would really like it. I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really like it. They, they'd be fascinated by the horses in the middle of Philly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it, was, it was really good. But this week on Watching Romance, a lot of uh, we are so excited because. One, Ready to Love is back on. on. Y'all know I love me a good, messy um, reality show about love. <laughs> so Ready to Love is back for, I think this is season three or four. It's still in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, I, have a, I have a partner that I watch Ready to Love with, um, and we're always talking cash shit about it. And, <laughs> but, I mean, these people, it's, it's a mess. A lot of people have been married two and three times. They have a lot of kids. Um, stuff like, I don't know how that's going to balance with the people who have don't have kids and okay. never been married. I don't know. I don't know, but um, it's a it's a much older, mature crowd than previous seasons. Um, so we'll see. And and there's some people on there that are mutual friends of, of mine and stuff like that. That's so, so crazy! Wow, that's funny. Yeah, I know okay. you mentioned that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, to see. And then the highly anticipated Kenny and I are hyped. We are so hyped for the Lust movie on Lifetime. Oh, I cannot wait. That's going to be so good. That's a three-part series, right? Well, like I said, they're going to do seven books. Okay. Oh, that's going to be good. The first two is Lust this weekend, and then the next weekend is going to be Envy. So Lust is this weekend with Carrie Hilson. Tank is in it. Oh, that's going to be good other people but anyway produced by td jakes is based on a series of series of books by another author i thought it was by td have you read any of the um the books are they any good or do you know anything about them i don't know anything about these books so i'm i'm very curious i might -hmm. i might pick it up and just just see Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. i I am very very curious i hope that you know some of my friends who read them said they're really good series so we'll see i don't know but I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Did you watch anything? Well, you were busy this weekend. So you um, yeah, yeah. I didn't really watch too much TV this weekend. I was trying to make some videos and celebrate my birthday. So yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah. didn't get to watch too much TV. You Just watched, watch, yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched a few things, but that's about it. Other mm-hmm. than the first, I didn't really, you know, get into. But, that, but that's it. We're excited about The Lust um, by Chidi J. So yeah, I can't wait. We're going to have to talk about that when we come back on um, to next Tuesday. Okay, um, yeah. In reading romance, I just finished a book, a little novella called Neighborly by Katrina Jackson. Mm. Um, I mentioned Katrina Jackson on here, and I've gotten a complaint by some folks about my reading list. Mm, what was the complaint? No, no, no. They're saying they're great, but they want more erotic things. Like the thing Oh my god, I... I feel like this stuff is so sexy. <laughs> How hardcore do people want? They like want, your your want. your TikTok that you posted on uh yes, the Instagram? I'm just kidding. <laughs> they, want, they want that girl. Okay. Um, it's a little sexier sometimes. I feel, like, I feel like I post a good balance of stuff, but you know, 
Okay, cool. Well, you got to give the people what they want. So, you know. Next month, I'll do a completely curated list of hardcore erotic stuff that is not insane. Um, Yeah, yeah. Katrina Jackson. It's about Heaven and her boyfriend, Calvin, who move into a duplex next to Tasha and Steven. And Heaven and Tasha, who are two, one is married to Steven. Heaven's boyfriend is a boxer. Um, the two women start having an attraction to each other and they decide to explore it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, when two sets of neighbors kind of decide to um, get it on together. So oh. this is the second in her erotic accommodation. That can get messy when it doesn't work out. Girl, I can't even imagine doing that. But, yeah. Um, this is the second in her, her uh, erotic accommodation series. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I haven't read the first one, but this is the second one. And okay, so, okay. Of another erotic, kind of erotic book. Um, I mentioned Michael Scott last time, which was a call. She calls herself a Christian erotic writer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this one's called Better to Marry Than to Burn. Um, oh. and, and so it's about a bridal lottery. Um, that an ex-slave basically participates in. Um, And so he finds a freeborn Black woman um, who's been threatened by her family for being forward-thinking, and they insist that she marry. So they kind of marry. They're kind of like enemies to lovers at first. Um, And so they find out that they have a good sexual chemistry and Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I always love an enemies to lover Trope. You like this one, and it's a historical. It's set mm-hmm. after during Reconstruction or whatever in the West, right? So in Texas, so it's 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 a it's 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 very hot, y'all. Very steamy, and but it also has this like redemptive quality to it. I can't explain it. Like I see why she calls it Christian erotica because mm-hmm. there's always this lesson and this core of about God and faithfulness and all this stuff in it, plus erotic, erotic stuff. So it's, it's kind of crazy. Sounds crazy, but it works. So mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. Called, um, better to marry than to burn by Michael Scott. So that's my tip. So those mm. are my two picks. I will post them on the on the um, Instagram later on. Very nice. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm listening to romance, girl. We got we got hit. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Yeah. So I think in light of the versus that, you know, we both experienced that experience that we just had that was so wonderful and we just talked about, I figured this week we should maybe pick from the Isley Brothers and Earth, Wind and Fire. Um, So for, I don't know that we need to play and sample each one unless you want, but you know, I think people can. Yeah. Okay. So do you have a favorite Earth, Wind and Fire song or songs? Obviously, my favorite Earth, Wind, and Fire song is September. Because I got married on the 21st night of September. Oh, my goodness. My anniversary date. And when we were coming down the aisle, um, we played September. So, my favorite um, one, it is a jam. So, So that must have been special when that came on. (laughs) Can you hear it? Yeah, I hear it. I hear it. Oh, you make me want to dance, child. (laughs) 
I'm not gonna put it out there because I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get teary eyed. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was so awesome. Um, I remember mean, everybody, everybody's processing down the um down the um aisle and doing all kind of crazy dances. Even my dad, <laughs> my dad was pushing my mom at the time in a wheelchair. He was up there popping his oh, finger man. and jamming. And then my uncle did a hit a split child. No! <laughs> oh my god, I love it. I love it. it. it was These the songs just it make people best. feel good from young to old. And that particular yeah. one just has that high energy, just joyous. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah, and that's I remember a good the, one. The songwriter was a, a lady and they were like, well, how did you pick the 21st night of September? She, they just sounded good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, was it a coincidence that that was your wedding date or... Total coincidence. Okay. Total coincidence. So and we, you already liked that song? It was already, already like one of your favorites? So, okay. Yeah, it was funny because our wedding date had to get moved. And so when I moved the wedding, well, well, well the wedding venue had to get moved, rather. And mm-hmm. so we were trying to pick out a place and everything like that. Um, we picked that date in September because my husband and I met in September. Um, mm-hmm. we yeah. in September, so we just always love that song. So when yeah, we, like, first we got up and was dancing and spinning our little girl around and stuff like that. Oh so, man, it was, it was fun. It was fun. What about yeah. you? Do you have a favorite um, Earth Wind um song? yeah, my favorite Earth Wind and Fire song is "Keep Your Head to the Sky." Oh, it's just a very beautiful ballad, and I just like the positive message. And it's one that when I'm singing it, I'm telling the boys just to kind of keep their head high, mm-hmm. and then just the melody and the and oh, it's just such a beautiful song. So yeah. Let's play a tune. Okay. The intro was so long. I know. (laughs) We even got to the lyrics. The lyrics, right? prepared you to have it cued but it's okay you, we can we can stop there because i don't you know but just uh, and that's funny because that's how music was back then because there there's such a build-up before you even get sometimes to the the crescendo so yeah i oh, love that song Mm-mm-mm. the elements yes yes what about the isley brothers who out of the two are my favorite group um and yes, it's so hard because no, I can't. I can't choose. You can't choose. It's too, it's so hard. It's ne- it's neck and neck for me, but it's the Isley Brothers. Do you have a favorite Isley Brothers cut? Um, to use an old school term, um, <laughs> my mom says cut. Steve Harvey was saying cutlass. So I was like, oh. What's your favorite Isley Brothers cut? Um, it's probably Voyage to Atlantis. Oh, I love that one. That's the ass song. Because he's talking about cheating on a woman. (laughs) Play a little bit for the reader, for the listeners, so we can hear. And Ernie and his his guitar is the best. Oh, God, I know. All for a long ass intro. (laughs) There we go. Mm hmm. But it's like, these are the type of songs as soon as it comes on, you may not know the name of the song, but you know that song. You remember your parents playing it as you grew up. Apple so much. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to play no more. 
Okay, no, no, that's enough. That's enough. What about you? What's your favorite? Oh, my favorite Isley Brothers song is Hello, It's Me. And um, I just remember like listening to that song growing up and my mom would just play that thing over and over and over in the car. And as a little kid, I just remember thinking I would be like tickled because he says hello so many times in the beginning. And like you want to count it, I think it's 20 something. But yeah, I just love that song. And I love the words because it kind of is like, He's saying, I want you to be yourself and be free and be a butterfly. Don't ever change for anyone. Mm-hmm. So let's hear that. He does say hello a lot. <laughs> hello. 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 <laughs> so there's several more hellos before. <laughs> I think it's 20 hellos, actually. I'm going to count them after we finish. you got to count the hellos. <laughs> actually, I might just Google it. There's, I'm sure many there, people... There have been some good remakes of that song. Like, um, Groove Theory had a good remake of that back in the day. When we were, when we were, when we were teens, um, Groove, oh. Groove Theory um, had a remake of that. And oh, they actually Eric... remade the whole song? Mm-hmm. And then oh, Erica Badu did a, an amazing, amazing sample of this with her and Andre 3000. Okay. Um, let me see if I can find it. Um, yeah, I would like is, to hear that. Which is like, oh, it's like one of my favorites. Okay, Erica, you ain't got to have no long intro either now. <laughs> you know she likes a long intro with like the birds and stuff. Hello, hello. Hey, oh. hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hey, hey hello, hello. hello. Hello, hello. Hey, hello. She got a lot of hellos too. Hello, hello. <laughs> yes, she does. Hello. Oh, my goodness. Hey, hello, 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 hey, hello, hello. Okay, challenge. Leave your phone unlocked and right side up. Walk out the room without throwing your bitch off balance. It's either on or off. Ain't no in between when it's valid. That's dope. Girl, play it, play it, play it, play it, play it, play it. Play it, play it, play it. Yeah, I'm going to. So that is my favorite remake of uh, wow. use of that. But Erica Badu, hello, um, with with uh, her baby daddy Andre, two thousand. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, we hope you enjoy our, our our um going down um um memory lane with these kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure people did. Take a look at the verses with EWF and the Isley Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely try to find that. Like I said, on Trilla, you might find the whole thing. You do not blame us if y'all get pregnant. So exactly. <laughs> somebody getting pregnant tonight and we, everybody I know like, that was bitch. so funny when he said that oh my god I laughed so hard I was like girl not me I, was like, oh, <laughs> oh, I, oh, I laughed oh. so hard <laughs> buddy oh lord oh understand. my gosh but you guys we had so much fun talking about stuff tonight mm-hmm. um, we hope you um, take a listen to the podcast take a listen to past episodes on Anchor and Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Mm-hmm. And for those of you all again, in, in a relationship, um, hit us up on our social media at Romance in Color on Instagram, Romance in with an N, uh, Color on Twitter. And um, just, you know, hit us up and, and let us know how you like the show and, and if, if there's anything you want us to talk about. I still think we should do a mailbag episode, but nobody sends hmm. us email, girl. So, so we want y'all to send us a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we 
about you know romance topics and stuff like that so that would be yeah cool. that'd be cool i would love to do that i hope people write in we may have to elicit some yeah, some mail yeah. we'll see mm-hmm. well you guys have a wonderful week and stay safe stay masked up and don't forget to watch that uh the movie on lifetime this week so when we recap it next week we're not spoiling it for you i should be telling myself that let me make sure i watch it <laughs> oh god all right you guys talk to you later peace bye peace out